0: Yo, what's going on fancy football family it's again, it's your boys from off the line fantasy football podcast with another episode it's Eugene you can follow me on Twitter at fancy that's g e n e s follow our official Twitter handle off the line FF and of course I got my other host with me Ike how you doing today you can follow him at just underscore ike nine how you feeling man
1: uh I'm feeling okay-ish and a little <laughs> bit of a, a little bit of pain from this uh you know the Achilles uh re, you know re- recovery or whatnot. Had a little setback today, but uh, you know we're, we're we're pushing through for the most part. Cannot wait to get this cast off of my leg so I can get into this boot and uh, you know get get started on the the road to normal normal life. You know normal life with the two functioning two fully functioning legs. But I know it's a journey, so I know I got to be patient. I can't rush. Yeah. It. I can't be overzealous or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm 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 hanging in there. I'm hanging in there.
0: Yeah, you told, you told me you had a little slight, the setback, man, I just, I, I, I don't understand because I've never broken anything or never torn anything of such an significance, but I can only imagine the amount of the pain that you're dealing with, so hopefully it's nothing too crazy. I, I always yeah. see in the movies, you know how when someone has a cast, they have an itch, they yeah. can't reach because of the cast? Have you been Bruh. dealing with
1: any of it? <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, like, I have had so many itches, like, in my leg. And I, that I have one wanting to then die in the scratch. And I've just been so like, so restrained, so restrained. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy how much you, and yeah, it's, it's a lot, man. It's a lot, but uh, you know, I, I'm taking the thing head on. I'm taking the thing head on. It's one of, one of those things life throws at you. Just gotta, it's how you respond, not, you know, it's how you respond.
0: That's very true. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the show first. Let's recap some of the price pick plays we had. Last week, I know, for me, I went 2-0 and again. This is back-to-back weeks of going 2-0. and uh, I had Chris Godwin. Yeah, <laughs> I had Chris Godwin over six and a half receiving yards. It was kind of a struggle after, like, the first half. And then, I don't know, that offense was just – it just didn't make any sense. They didn't have any starters out in the secondary, and they couldn't move the ball. But somehow, some way, Brady f- figured out a way to, you know, get Godwin the ball, even though he kept – short dick in him because he was always open. So yeah. Um, I'm gl- glad I got that one. And then the Ertz, 46 and a half. That was easy work. I know they were they were struggling in that game also to get the ball. And then finally, I don't know what something clicked, and they're like, oh, this guy's always open. So let me pepper him with targets. So
1: and plus and plus the Seahawks are bad at covering tight ends. So uh, yeah, that also had a lot to do with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. But apparently their co- the corners are are damn near to lockdown. Uh so um might might have to start paying attention to that when we start looking at matchups, but t- overall, t-
1: Tariq, Tariq Woolen is like dog. Yeah, he's a dog, man. and yeah, he's long man. and he's fast. Like he's a dog. Yeah,
0: yeah. But overall, I'm six and four so far. And then you, you went one and one. You had the Kittle. Of course, he hit because San Francisco was trailing as soon as you turned on the game yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, versus Atlanta. They got pushed around by the Falcons, and uh, they, and I, I think a lot of people didn't expect that. But although you can say that San Francisco, San Francisco did have a lot of defensive starters out, uh, yeah. so that might have had something to do with it. But, man, they, they did not look good in that game. But, hey, at least uh, if there's one thing, if there's one major takeaway from that game is that Jimmy Garoppolo peppered George Kittle, peppered Debo sure Samuel, mean? and peppered Brandon Ayuk with targets, yep. which is how it's supposed to be. And then there's Kyle check nonsense or Jawan Jennings nonsense those are the three guys you need to funnel your passing game through, and and, and it, it, it's at least good to see. Uh, but we probably won't see game scripts like that uh, that often throughout the le- throughout the rest of the season because they won't be in a position um, as they were. I mean, well, who, I mean, who knows? Uh, you you who knows? But and then my other pick, uh, George Pickens, he only had three catches, had one, he just needed to hit one more catch, uh, so I can at least break even or at least uh, you know uh, push. Yeah. Uh, for from my prop. I think mine was over 4 catches. Um Yep, it was. It was just a, overall it was just a weird game. It's a weird game. Uh low scoring game. I expected a lot of I, I expected a lot more points to be scored, especially on the Bucks side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just they they just shit the bed. They were just flat. Um yeah. you know, and and just kind of getting into some of our, you know, quick news and reactions uh from week 6. The the Bucks offense, they've only scored more than 21 points one time this year. And and Brady had a, a 6.1 yards per pass attempt um, against a secondary that was missing three starters plus Minga Fitzpatrick. And they should have taken advantage and they should have just, I mean, look, they they passed the ball a shit ton, right? But they just could not move the ball for anything. I think they had like 26 rush attempts. So, you know, their their offensive plan was, you know, uh, the the process was, I guess, right. But they just were not executing and Tom Brady was just off for whatever reason. Um, so that was, that was one thing that kind of stood out to me. I was like, man, like they, they're, they're just leaving a lot of opportunities out on the field. And a lot of, uh, survivor pools got, got smashed because of that.
0: Bruh, (laughs) bruh. I'm, I'm donezo on my survivor pool. I thought that was a, I thought that was a lock. That was one of my picks and, you know, just it's over.
1: You know, what's funny is that I actually joined a a revival pool and, (laughs) um, I, I I picked the Bucks and I picked the 49ers and I picked the Ravens. Smashed all three of them lost. Wow. <laughs> all three <of> them lost. <laughs> so, grand opening, the, grand closing.
0: <laughs> right. The dream, the dream is definitely over now. The, Shit. The
1: dream is definitely over. And speaking of dreams being over, we're going we're going to need to talk about that the, the the Green Bay backfield again. I think we talked about them last week. The dream of them being two top, you know, top 24 running backs, top two, you know, RB2s. Uh, Aaron Jones, more so RB1 side. I think we're going to have to start uh, pivoting away from that dream because they don't look good at all. And get this, like, the last two weeks they've lost to New York teams. Pass attempts in this last game, 41, rush attempts, 19. The game game before against the Giants, pass attempts, 39, rush attempts, 19. Losing football consecutive weeks against consecutive New York teams. You, you, You can't make this shit up you just can't make this shit up you, you can't you can't uh I mean they they refuse to give Aaron Jones touches like they, like they, like they should he leads the NFL in yards per touch and yards per carry uh, he only had 3 carries at the in the first half and four total four uh, four touches total in the first half uh there's 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 absolutely no reason why AJ Dillon should out touch him in in any game in any single in any singular game. He can have more carries, but Aaron Jones, by the end of every game, needs to have more touches than AJ Dillon. He is the best player on the Packers. And of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers stay on the on the Pat McAfee show decides to say, hey, you know what? We need to give Aaron jo- Aaron Jones the ball more. A, a lot of good things happen when the ball's in his hands. No shit. No shit. <laughs> no shit, bro. Like I I I don't I don't know, man. I I, I just I I I just I can't. I can't.
0: Bro, watch watch this coming week. They're going to give that dude 20 touches like they did week two and week four. He's going to go damn near RB1 overall, and and everything's going to be all as well. And then they're going to go revert right back to giving A.J. Dillon more more uh, targets, more carries, and fig- trying to figure out why they lost the game. It just, Oh, my God. That game was, I don't know, watching that offense was God-awful. You would think they would figure it out. Some, you would thought they would be like, all right, cool. Let's get our best player to ball. No. Let, let's just flounder around and and let let Aaron Rodgers get teed off. Like the Jets were teeing off on this dude.
1: Yeah, they were. It
0: just Oh, my gosh. I don't know, man. I don't know.
1: AJ Dillon is not startable. He's just not startable.
0: No, he doesn't look good. He's not looked good this year. Yeah. I don't know what it is. He has not looked good. Just, yeah, I don't get it, man. I don't know what they're seeing that we're not we're not seeing. So um, but you know, let's get to another running back, Austin Eckler. Again, you just see him just do the majority of his work through the air in the receiving game. Right now he's sixth in the NFL in the NFL in, re- in receptions at 41. Mm. Sixth in the NFL in receptions at running back.
1: Yeah. Um, Had a whopping 16 targets last night. <laughs> Justin Justin <laughs> Herbert. Justin Herbert was just checking down, checking down, checking down. Didn't even care about throwing the ball down the field.
0: Well, Mike William, I mean, Mike Williams was on what, what'd you say last on Alcatraz last oh, night.
1: Yeah, yeah. Pastor Tan had that ball in Alcatraz, man. Right. Alcatraz.
0: Was, boy, I thought it was on that episode of Law and Order, man. Oh boy. That's all he heard. He just heard the uh, the theme music because he could not get free at all. Stuff but he, location. But he did have that nasty catch that they didn't review that was a catch, though, on that sideline.
1: Do you think he dragged the toes?
0: Yes. They I saw I was looking on Twitter and they were showing like slow-mos. Both his both his to- toes touched.
1: Oh. It was oh, de- it was
0: disgusting, but but yeah, man, um he's RB1 overall, um uh, mainly because of all the receptions he's getting. I but overall just talking about this offense in in total, they need Kenya Allen back, man. This offense overall has not looked good at all. Ever, pretty much ever since he got hurt i don't know why they won't they won't throw the ball down the field everything is checked down to to Eklund, that's it um palmer been a big letdown. he can't catch a
1: fucking thing although uh, I mean, he had a lot of catches last game uh, last he did night. but but because again, he's been inconsistent like, to your point yeah, he's been inconsistent and spe- and speaking of and speaking of inconsistent uh those jets wide receivers they're also inconsistent because <laughs> uh, we we don't know what to, we don't know what to make of them. I think you know Elijah Moore. We'll get to him in a set. We'll get to him a little bit later on in one of our in one of our segments. Very disappointing. I was overweight on I- Elijah Moore, and I'm just you know he's 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 a roster clogger right now uh, yeah. for me. Uh, Corey Davis seems to be the only guy that's really getting consistent usage in that Jets passing game, regardless of how the game script goes. Like he's been the only one. He's playing the most, the majority of the snaps. Uh, Braxton Berrios is now on the field a little bit more. Uh, you know, obviously Garrett Wilson has kind of maintained his his snap share uh, since you know since he you know broke out earlier in the season, but he's not producing either. So uh, that you know the the wide receiver room for the most part is dead with Zach Wilson at under center, and the fact that they're winning um, they you know when when a, when a team is, is is winning with the current formula that they have and they're not feeding their their their, their playmakers. They're they're just gonna stick to it. They're not gonna change. They're not gonna change until somebody until they run into a defense that you know shuts it down, and then the the quarterbacks are not not gonna know what to do after that. And things may actually fly off the rails after that. And so uh, that Jets wide receiver room, man, I don't I don't want any parts of it. Um, The only guy that you you would really want, you would think that it would be Elijah Moore. He's the most talented guy on that roster, um, or the most talented wide receiver on that roster. But it's definitely Corey Davis right now that's getting the most consistent usage.
0: Yeah, and which is crazy because Elijah Moore is still running the most routes and he's not getting anything for it. So and like you said, the Jets, they're the most run they've been very run heavy when Zach Wilson's been under center these last what two two weeks. They've only attempted 39 pass attempts, which is the tie for the lowest with Marcus Mariota. Go figure. They're also winning with the formula with the same formula, even though um Drake London is One of seven wide receivers that have over thirty percent target share, and yet he's not getting, he's not getting anything. So, uh, but yeah, there's like I said, that's one of those teams that they're just going to continue because they think is a they they see as a winning formula. They're winning games, ugly and running the ball hell of a lot. So, um, another thing I want to touch on real quick is just the overall theme of bad offenses overall so far. Again, still I know we've been talking about this. For what, the last two weeks. Again, like at this point of the season, uh, we've scored 82 less touchdowns compared to last season, which is really crazy. And then for comparison, Wentz's QB 11 with 16.2 points, which is, I mean, 16.2 points for a top 12 quarterback sounds hella low, man. In 2021, Kirk Cousins was QB 11 at 19.3. So just that type of jump is I mean that means a lot for our fantasy rosters man you you're depending on 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 some of these players you drafted high and they're just not producing at the level you need to I mean this is the this is the reason uh, scoring yeah. is down overall by 22% year over year at the current moment which is that's that's the reason why some of these some of these players you drafted in the first round and they're just like almost dead weight
1: yeah it's it's there's there's been a lot um, a lot to be desired, for sure. Um, Hell, there was a lot of leagues that I was in where, you know, uh, a couple of a couple of uh, uh, owners had like fifty or sixty total points because of how low the scoring is, and I've not, I've seen it, like every single week. And they're fully healthy; no, nobody's leaving with injuries or anything like that. So it's just every single week somebody is just you know scoring shit in the bed and 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 scoring a, a low bunch a low amount of points. Um, but you know, kind of shifting gears. From low points to high points, uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is probably the most consistent fantasy player that we have right now. Uh, yeah, he's 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 been showing up and showing out every single week. Another three hundred yards, another three touchdowns against the Chiefs uh, this past Sunday. That game-winning touchdown pass to get uh, to Dawson Knox. Yep. Um, but yeah, he's the most valuable player in fantasy period. And uh, there's a sizable gap between him and the next best next best quarterback, which is Lamar Jackson, who's been. From a fantasy perspective, been pretty damn good in his own right, averaging 27 fantasy points per game uh, next to you know, Patrick Mahomes at 26 and Jalen Hurts at 26. I mean, those guys have been awesome. But Josh Allen is just another another stratosphere. He's a he said he's a freaking alien. right? A freaking alien. Um, and it just and it seems like uh, for this year, this theme, uh, you know, in years past, we would we would always find, you know, a late round quarterback Jim that ends up becoming a QB one just out of nowhere. Right. The last several years we've seen it but this year early round quarterback was the way to go i mean and that's how and that's kind of how i was how i was approaching most of my drafts and most of those drafts that i have that that i went quarterback early they've been they've been doing pretty well um with the exception of a couple where i just you know run into bad luck and you know having you know my opponent score the the, the highest amount of points of any team that week uh, or something <laughs> along those lines right so but yeah early round quarterback is was basically the way to go this year
0: yeah, it definitely seems like it, um, but no, let's, you know, we talk about one quarterback. Let's get into our our next segment, our fancy MVP, where we talk about another quarterback. I really wanted to put Josh Allen here, but I felt like it made more sense to put, you know, Joe Burrow uh, as our fancy MVP of this week. We saw him walk into the the Superdome with the with Jamar Chase jersey, championship jersey. The last time they were in the stadium, they won the championship and you saw them score like a thousand touchdowns in, the, in at that same time too. So it was just only it only made sense for him to go in there and, and show out. So we saw him; he went twenty eight or thirty seven for three hundred yards, three touchdowns, and also scored a rushing touchdown for them to come back and beat the Saints in that game. Um, and also go figure that him wearing that jersey, he, he woke Jamar Chase up that game. He we saw him go for for a, a long tutty to to, to get them. You know, just to get him back right and, you know, now shift that conversation of, you know, people talking about T. Higgins is the number one um, instead of Chase. And then, you know, this game we saw Chase, you know, be the wide receiver one this week. And I mean, it also just goes to the saying that why can't they both be good? They can both be top 12 wide receivers. So um, that's my MVP of the week, Joe Burrow. For,
1: for, for what it's worth, T. Higgins still out targeted him. He
0: game. did by one. But yes, he did. <laughs> But, <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. But no. Uh, but yeah, Jamar Chase. We, we, we already knew, right? Soon as soon as he wore that jersey, we, like I even tweeted, it, I even tweeted it. it was like, okay, thirteen for one seventy nine and two co- incoming. I nope. was close. He had a He had hundred thirty two and two touchdowns. So hey, we we knew we knew what it was. I, I should have probably put a lot on Jamar Chase to go to go to go nuclear, but. Um. Yeah. You know, obviously, we have to we have to touch on the most valuable player and the least valuable player. But the least valuable player, I ha- I got two. Number one, I got Russell Wilson. Uh, he started out the game pretty well. I think completed the, completing his first ten passes. Yep. Uh, he was he was he started off pretty hot and in the second half. It just went straight to shit. Uh, <laughs> only fifteen yards between the fourth quarter between the second half and overtime. Fifteen. The ent- an entire half. Entire half of football plus, give or take five minutes in overtime, five or six minutes in overtime, fifteen passing yards. Like, I mean, what do you what 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 are you supposed to do with that? Like, how how are you how are you supposed to look that whole Broncos offense and the whole Broncos team? Um, the the only the only the only positive on the on the Denver Broncos is that defense. That defense is is phenomenal. I think the number one and 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 pass DVOA and and top. I think they're near the top in rush DVOA. Um, I'll have to i have to double check the rush the rush portion of it, but that defense is awesome. That offense is not. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett seems to be in and over his head. We saw it at the beginning of the season where he was he he uh, he was playing for a sixty yard field goal instead of giving putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hands, which we who we thought was gonna be that dude this year for that offense, but. Clearly, it's it's gone off the rails since then. Uh, Andy out, and now he has a hamstring injury. Um, of course, there's a there's an injury allegedly. excuse. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly there's there's always going to be an injury excuse when somebody plays bad, and you know he's he's already had two of them um, after two blunders of uh, in prime time. So uh, Russell Wilson don't know what's don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, going forward, they said they said it might be severe a pretty significant hamstring injury. Well, that remains to be seen. We'll see how practice goes. Um but then also my other LVP um oh, it pains me to say this, but uh it's Elijah Moore. Zero catches, zero yards, no targets. Um and you know, it's not his fault, right? It's not his fault. I know he tweeted after the game said he doesn't understand why he's not getting tar- you know, you know targeted either. But we got to put him on the segment because he has not performed to the to, to expectations as a whole this year in 2022. Um, you know, I think he, he doesn't have a single game over 53 yards receiving. Uh, I think he had like 49, 41, 53, I think 47. Uh, I think he had 10 yards and then he had zero yards. So he has not been good this year. Um, and this is kind of um, a kind of a lead in uh, to our next segment, uh, cap or no cap. And obviously if you guys have been here before, you know what, you know, you, you you know what cap is. Cap is another word for lying. So if I say Gene uh is good at fantasy football, <laughs> I can
0: See what you did there. Okay. Okay. Now,
1: if if I if, if I say if I say the Cowboys beat the Eagles um on Sunday night, what would you say, Gene?
0: I'm going to say that's cap.
1: Yeah. We we lost 26-17. 20, it was a close game. A lot closer than I thought it would be. Um, but yeah, so that's that's basically what cap is. So the first question, it's basically a start sit question. Well, not necessarily start sit, but the first question we have is pertaining to Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is droppable and redraft cap or no cap?
0: Ah, oh, man, that's 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 no cap, man. There's no point of he's 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 a roster clogger until further notice. Um, like I said before, it's, it's, as soon as Zach Wilson came back onto uh, in the quarterback room, they've only throwing the ball 39 times in two games. We've seen Brees Hall being the featured guy in the offense. And then when they're throwing the ball around, everybody's getting two, three targets and that's it. So what is what is Elijah Moore going to do with with two to three targets a game? As you can see this last game, he went zero for zero. So
1: <laughs> zero for <laughs> uh, zero man.
0: Yeah. He's not worth anything on your bench, he's not worth anything on your in your starting lineup. And especially if you're like, you know, two and four one in five and you need to get some W's like you can't you need you can't, points you, man. Can't hold them. you can't hold them you can't hold him you can't trust him so can't win with him can't win with him can't <laughs> <win> with <them>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I'm gonna say no cap as well he is definitely droppable uh I, I got a dilemma in a couple of leagues whether or not mm-hmm. I can drop him or not um I mean look I, I have in some of the leagues that I have him in i I have a winning record um uh, so or, or I'm either at 500 or I have a winning record, so I can maybe afford to wait a couple more weeks yeah. to see what happens. But you know what's funny about Elijah Moore? Just seeing, like, at the very beginning of the season, you see his, see his projection, right? See his projection in the you know the double digits, and then it, see, it gradually, gradually goes down. And now you're seeing it. It's like his projection is, like, five or six right. now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing, nothing worse than seeing somebody you drafted high – have single digit for projections man it really oh, hurts man. your soul
1: yeah it, it, it he's he's borderline useless in most in most redraft leagues yeah. uh Di- dynasty i mean we we can hope for a change of scenery and we can hope that he's not tethered to Zach Wilson for that much longer um so you're <coughs> definitely holding him you're definitely holding him uh, in dynasty uh but uh but yeah so Elijah Moore definitely droppable more redraft Gene and i agree next question we did the heat, we did get news um out of chicago Saying, you know, basically the Bears are going to go with a hot hand at running back. So with that being said, I can start Khalil Herbert going forward and feel confident in it, cap or no cap.
0: Right now, that's cap, man. I understand that. I know we like the talent of Khalil Herbert. He looks good when he gets opportunities. But, I mean, if you just look at the usage within the last two weeks, he's not getting any too many offense, 30% long down the distance, anything over four yards. Uh, inside the five-yard line. I know this past week he did get all the carries. I think it was like two uh, short down and distance. The last two weeks he's like 25%. So, I mean, and then snap share is like 20%. Rush attempts is 25%. Routes routes ran is not even 20%. So, again, I, I need to see it first before I, I plug him in the starting lineup because right now it looks like David Montgomery still has – the, the the stranglehold on that in that running back room, but let me see it for like a week or two before I I put Khalil in.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say it's cap as well, and 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 a lot of and I've seen a lot of tweets saying uh, it's good news for Khalil Herbert and bad news for David Montgomery. But how how are we certain that if you know the game gets going, David Montgomery is like you no know, six carries, forty seven yards, and then Khalil Herbert's like three carries, twelve yards. Who's gonna yeah. have? Who's gonna be the hot hand? It's gonna be David Montgomery. He already plays the majority of the snaps now. So, who's to say that it won't be David Montgomery that's gonna have the hot hand? So, I think a lot of people are making a lot of unnecessary assumptions about. Oh, it's gonna be Khalil Herbert. It's gonna be Khalil Herbert. We know he's better. We know he's better. We, hey, look, he's more talented. He has more juice. He's more explosive. All these things are true, but the usage right now says you know says that David Montgomery is gonna have the first opportunity uh to you know to you know to take us you know to take a string a hold of that backfield. So I think we just kind of have to hold out, you know, at least a couple of weeks to see how things unfold. So yeah, yeah definitely man. that's cap.
0: And I know people are gonna be juggling this decision. So just be patient with 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 Herbert, man. His time will come soon enough because, you know, David Montgomery is in the contract year. So he, you know the staff has been talking like this since the beginning of the season that they like Khalil Herbert. So This is an underlining chance for him to try to seize it, but just be patient. Nope. All right. Talk to me nice. Our next segment where we talk about a few matchups that we're looking to attack this week. Let it be for your fantasy rosters or in DFS if you dabble in that also. The first matchup I want to talk about is the Cowboys offense versus Detroit defense. Uh, As you know, before the bye, Detroit was one of the worst defenses out there, you know, Aaron Glenn. I know people got hyped up about him because of because of uh, think of the hard stuff, yeah, hard knocks, where uh, you see the you know, you see the the excitement and emotion that him coaching, but on the field doesn't mean anything, they're not good at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, it don't mean jack shit if you're giving it, up the, the the cheeks every play. So, bruh,
0: it means not a damn thing, but for this defense, they give up 22 and a half fantasy points per game to the quarterback, which is second worst. They give up the second most rush yards per game at 127, the third most fantasy points per game to the running back. Um, and then which is in their rush defense is 30, 31st in DVOA. Um, they also give up the fourth highest completion percentage to wide receivers at 68%, which is crazy high. And then they're also 32nd in past DVOA. So, you know, fire up your Cowboys. You got Dak coming back. So you, you definitely got Lamb in your lineup. I'm not sure if Schultz is going to be ready to go, but if he is, then you can play him. Um, and then don't be shy to play Zeke. Don't be shy to play um uh, Pollard if you need to. And then Gallup, Gallup can definitely be an option also. So
1: Yeah, and then, you know, as I've said like, the last couple of weeks, fade the Lions. Fade the Lions. Any any opponent that's against the Lions, you start everybody you have on that squad. You start all the Cowboys. You don't even need us, you don't even need us to tell you that. Ah, uh, this should be automatic. Just based on how bad they've been, they they're in sh- basically shootouts every single week. They yeah. just can't stop anything. They can't stop a nosebleed. They can't cover a pillow with a bl- they can't cover a pillow with a pillowcase. <laughs> I mean, it, at the end of the day, like you just it doesn't have to be hard, right? It does not have to be hard. You don't you, you just don't hesitate to start any of the Cowboys.
0: All right, what you got for the next matchup? Ah, uh,
1: it's gonna be it's gonna revolve around Boy Saquon Barkley against that Jags defense. Uh, simple. It's real simple. The Jacks give up the third most fantasy points per game to the running back position um, the last three weeks. So they've been really, really bad. They've been getting gashed and, and ravaged on the ground. Um, and they give up the second most receptions per game to running backs in that same span. And so Saquon Barkley is the, is the uh, I think he's the RB1 or RB2. I think oh, Austin Eckler took over the RB1 spot. So he's RB2 yep. overall on the season. He's just been a revelation for our fantasy owners. And he's, you know again, drafted in the late second round Mid to late second round in most drafts, and you, he's just he's just smashing. So all those all those squads you have got Saquon on, uh, you're probably in, in a in a very very good spot. So Saquon Barkley versus the Jags defense, fire them up, and for some reason they're underdogs at Jacksonville. Um, but which you know they're now they're only three point underdogs. So what that says is that you know obviously three points is home field advantage for the home team. So they're basically saying these teams are even. Uh, so on a neutral field, it'd be a pick 'em. It'd be it'd be a, a pick 'em, or maybe the 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 Giants would be a a, a one point favorite or something like yeah. that. But yeah, fire fire up Saquon Barkley.
0: Arizona versus the Saints defense. So the last three weeks per game, the Saints have given up the most points to wide receivers at fifty, almost 50 and a half points. Uh, they've given up the most receptions to wide receivers per game at sixteen. The highest completion percentage to wide receivers per game at 74, 75.4%. percent they are giving up the second most yards per catch to wide receiver at 13.8, and the most fantasy points to the outside wide receivers at 27.6 per game. Uh, so this defense is, I mean, they're giving up the cheeks to everybody. Uh, we know they're dealing with some injuries. I'm not sure if, if Lattimore is going to be back for this game coming up on Thursday, but if he isn't, then you know you can... You know, kind of confidently start Arizona's uh, pass catchers, but we'll get in more detail of that when, once we break down that Thursday night, the Thursday night game. But I wouldn't hesitate to play D-Hop. This is going to be his first game back. Not sure if Robbie Emerson is going to be there, but you can play Rondell Moore. Uh, you can play Zach Ertz. But this team overall is just giving up the cheeks to, to pass the pass catchers.
1: Um, And Field Yates reported four hours ago that Marshawn Lattimore did not practice today. So mm. – so he's probably on track to miss this game, and DeAndre Hopkins is returning. Mm. And so, yeah, I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a good, uh, a good, a good outing this week if, if that offense can get on track, man. Because that offense has been terrible too. They they failed to deliver uh, against the, the Seahawks' thirty-second ranked defense. So <laughs> only nine points. <laughs> We'll
0: get it. We'll be. We'll talk about them in, in a little more detail <laughs> once we get to that
1: preview. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of the Seahawks, the next matchup we want to talk about: Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker versus the the, the Los Angeles Chargers run defense. Their run defense has been bad this year. Uh, twenty, they're twenty second in rush DBOA, and they're twenty third in rush yards per game allowed, and they're giving up five point six yards per carry. So, uh, and Kenneth Walker is coming off a couple of good games in a row. Uh, obviously, he took over for Rashad Penny two weeks ago against the Saints ripped off that 69-yard touchdown run, had eight carries for 88 yards. And in this past week against Arizona, had 21 carries for 97 yards and another touchdown including runs of 30, 34, 17 and 20. And I think I think that 34-yard one was his second carry of the game. So you got he yeah. kind of set the tone pretty early on. Um I'd you know, say look, I'm here. I'm I'm here. Uh so back-to-back games, he's you know rushed for 88, 97 yards and he's really really hungry. And I feel, like, I feel like that game is going to be a sneaky shootout. It's going to be yep. a sneaky shootout. Um, you know, it, there's there's going to be, I think the over-under is, is 51. Uh, on the Chargers side, they got Keenan Allen back. Uh, and, you know, we, we need to look to, you know, Justin Herbert to see if he can get, get back on track with his number one receiver uh, returning to the lineup after a five or six-game absence due that hamstring injury. Because uh, Justin Herbert, I mean, he was not very good last night. Uh, he was not very good last night. He threw the ball like almost fifty times, and I think he, I don't even think he crested two hundred fifty yards passing. No, nope. uh, so it was it, it was it was a it was a very very poor showing uh, for him. He threw a lot of check downs, wasn't trying to throw the ball down the field that often. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna see. Uh, I think we're gonna see some points. And and on the other hand, and G- Gino Smith and those, those Seahawks wide receivers. Uh, they can get down the field, and uh, I think they'll have some opportunities for big plays in this game. So, I actually like this game a lot, and I might actually play a lot of props from this game um, th- this weekend.
0: Yeah, that uh, Kenneth Walker rushing prop right now on prize picks is 65 and a half. I think that's a really good number, for, especially against this rush defense. So, oh, yeah. you know, just keep in mind of that. But, you know, let's go on and talk about this Thursday night preview. Uh, we got the Cardinals versus Saints over under at 44. 40- Forty-four and a half, so they're not expecting too much scoring. Um, but it's at Arizona, and Arizona is favored by one and a half, so they definitely don't respect Arizona at home uh, versus the Saints. <laughs> nope. um, some things that we should know is that we we believe that we're going to see Olave back. Have been seeing reports of him uh, pretty much being cleared to go for Thursday, so we should see him back. But we do not we do not know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Saints. It could be Jameis. I know he's showing he's questionable. We saw Dalton popped up questionable with an injury and it or if neither one of them can go then shoot, we might even see take some <laughs> run run quarterback so that should be very interesting trying to figure figure it out that situation
1: <laughs> um wouldn't that be wouldn't that be something right you that start would be something. You're starting him a tight end and he's playing quarterback
0: right
1: oh man bruh. That'd, be, that'd be cheating
0: <laughs> it would be cheating but it's not it wouldn't be the first time that we seen be the this. first
1: time yeah yeah
0: um so we also noted in our uh, talk to me, nice segment that D Hop is back, and it looks like Hollywood Brown is going to be out, so they're just replacing spots. Um, not sure if Robbie Anderson is going to be playing, but that should be a nice pickup for another speedster on the outside. We also have Rondell Moore, who's been playing really well these last few weeks that he's came back from injury. Um, hopefully, you know, with all these combined, that this gives this offense a jolt because, like we've been saying, Arizona's defense uh, offense has been pretty pretty terrible um, for, for the weapons that they have. You know, Arizona second in plays, ran per game, second in dropbacks, 10th in first downs per game, but they're 22nd in points per game, and 21st in, in drives that lead to touchdowns. So they're basically not converting at all. Like Ike said, we just saw them score nine points versus Seattle, which is god-awful. <laughs> um, and they've been held to 21 or fewer points and four times of course, like we said, they've been they were held to nine points versus Seattle, where a place where where points usually live at and they couldn't do anything. So I yeah. you got anything to add for this game?
1: No, um, I I know that uh, Andy Dalton practiced uh, today, so I think there's a little optimism on that side that Andy Dalton will probably be the starting quarterback, but we'll see how things go tomorrow. Tomorrow is like the, you know, the, I think, walkthroughs. I don't think there's going to be any, like, intense practices tomorrow since the game's on Thursday, so I think since he practiced this week, it might put him on track to play, but we'll have to see about that. But, yeah, I'm excited to see D. Hop back and to see if he can do something with this offense. Like, can he, can this offense just... Be 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 uh be functional, right? I mean, it's it's so unoriginal, it's so basic. Um, you know, there's every time they drop back to pass, it's just vibes. Just hey, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't uh... know. I, I, I get really really annoyed and get really sick of watching the 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 Cardinals play office because it's just so disjointed. It's like they don't even. It's like they don't even practice. It's like they don't even practice. They just get to the game. It's like all right, uh, just you do this, you do this, you do this. It's basically like flag football when when they're calling out routes before the game or b- before the play starts, and then the play clock gets down, like, <laughs> gets down to like five. <laughs> referee's like saying five, yeah, four. and he's and then they're just calling out routes. That's all they're doing. That's all they're doing. They're just playing backyard ball and they're just hoping somebody gets open. So that's no way to play 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 offense in the National Football League. Like you got to be organized, and this does not seem like they're organized. So hopefully D Hop getting back um will help. The Robbie Anderson um, acquisition, he can provide a uh, you know element of a deep threat there. And Kyler Murray, you know, he's if, if for what it's worth. If there's one strength about Kyler Murray is that he can throw the deep ball. Um, he's really really good at throwing the deep ball. So we'll we'll just have to see how how um, how Robbie Anderson is, is integrated into that into that offense.
0: Yeah, and then on the Saints side, real quick, you know, you're going to be playing Kamara. Um, if it's Dalton, then. Then um, you know you, you're going to be also using Olave. You got Taqu- Traquan uh, Traquan Smith and 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 Callaway, but those those are not really usable. I know we saw uh, Smith pop this past week because of the touchdown. Outside of that, none of the pass catchers had more than like three or four targets. So outside of Olave and Kamara, I'm not sure who else you can confidently use. Maybe hopefully they get Michael Thomas or Landry back. Or both to help this offense, also, but there's really not much else in terms of uh, fantasy options that you can pull from this team.
1: Yeah. So with that Thursday game, let's go ahead and just briefly touch on some of the Sunday and Monday games that kind of stand out to us. Obviously, we're not going to touch on the, the Monday night game, the Patriots versus the Bears, because who gives who gives a, who gives a shit about that game, Good <laughs> Lord? Although Justin Fields, I love Justin Fields, but yeah. We don't want to see the Bears on primetime anymore. We just, no. we, just, we just don't. Um, but you know, for what it's worth, he has been playing well. He's been playing a lot a lot better over the last several weeks. Starting to air it out more, rushing the ball more. So he's he's starting to let that, that upside. We're starting to see it. Um, but we'll see if it can continue on on on, on Monday night. Um, but with that with that, just kind of going back to some of the Sunday slate games, we did just we we did briefly touch on the Dallas Detroit game. Uh, DeAndre Swift and Amara St Brown should be back this week. Uh, DeAndre Swift has effectively had four weeks off to, to you know, to kind of heal that shoulder that that shoulder injury that he sustained in Week Three, and so I think he should be a full go. Uh, he should be back to his his normal RB one because he was off to a phenomenal start in twenty in, in, in this season. So um, hopefully he can kind of continue that, even if it even if that's if it if, if it's at the expense of our of our defense. You know, he'll probably be uh, pretty involved in the passing game, which is what we hoped and we'll, which which what we'd like to see. Uh, and then also Dak, we we did we did touch on that. And so again, you know, uh, this should this this game should have some points. The, the the Lions haven't stopped anybody all season, and I see that continuing um, with with Dak um, back at the helm, and that and that offense being being fully healthy. So, what other games kind of stick out to you um, this this for this uh, week seven slate?
0: Uh, I got the Houston versus Las Vegas game, uh, where it's a forty six over under Vegas is favored by a touchdown. We just hope over uh, this this bye week for both teams that you know they figure out where they get the evans the ball more. I think Houston on the Houston side you can play Cook and Pierce and that's pretty much it in terms of weapons. Jacobs have run all over this defense. I think I know the Texans are with bottom three in terms of rush D-O- DVOA, bottom third and and rush yards per game allowed. So Jacobs should have, should be able to run through this defense fairly easily. You no, know, outside of that, I don't know if Waller's going to be back. He hasn't been good all year. Uh, you know, Winfrey has been a letdown, and you've been seeing Matt Hollins out of nowhere somehow, some way. And maybe hopefully Derek Carr also figured out how to play quarterback. So he hasn't been good either this year. So uh that's one of the games I'm looking out for in terms of weapons that possibly want to put in my
1: lineup. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I think that's an that's an underrated matchup. I feel like that's going to be a sneaky little shootout, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps yeah, po- Raiders defense po- isn't good. Yep. Raiders defense isn't good. Texans defense isn't good. So I mean, and they both have um guys on on either side that can definitely uh score some points and and score fancy points. So I I, I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that game, um, in DFS. Uh, but uh, one game that I'm that I'm kind of looking at is the Bucks versus Panthers we're just looking to see if 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 Brady and this offense can can, can kind of get right score more than 21 points in in this in this game or you know, against the Panthers the Panthers they're they're just in a team in disarray they're starting to look to trade some of their some of their key some of their key players or at least looking into it um and on on the other side i, I kind of want to see if you know, are, is is Christian McCaffrey going to be a panther is DJ Moore going to be a panther by the time we get to sunday um i don't know when the trade deadline is I think November it's next first. Week. November yeah, 1st. Uh, oh, so yeah, November 1st? Oh, November 1st. Go! we got 2 weeks. Okay, there's a couple of weeks until the trade deadline, so pro they'll probably be uh Panthers um in this game, but by the end of the month, uh they they might not be in Carolina anymore. But yeah, so we did recently though on the Bucs side, going back to the Bucs side, they, we, we recently did see Chris Godwin uh, get 12 targets. So it seems like he's fully working his way back as Tom Brady's number one target, uh 95 yards. I think he's he, has a, he had a season high route participation in a 90%. So he's 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 locked and loaded as a, as a wide receiver one. You can fire him up. And I think he's gonna take advantage of of you know all the turmoil that we're seeing uh with with Carolina. I mean, you got Evans, you got Godwin, you got you know uh Uncle Lenny, you got Tom Brady. Uh that offense should be should on paper. I mean, they're 10 and a half point favorites at Carolina. They should get right in this game, but you know this is the NFL, and nothing is nothing is ever guaranteed, as we've seen. <laughs> like this past week, definitely should have taught us if you didn't know by now, with all those underdogs winning outright. But uh, but yeah, I, I like this is this is one game that I'm kind of look that I'm kind of intrigued by. Not necessarily for all the scoring we're going to get because we're definitely not going to get a lot of scoring. It's just if if Tampa Bay can get right.
0: Yep, I definitely agree with that. This is definitely. This smells like Brady get right, but we'll see. Um, The last game I like to talk about, because just before I get to it, just overall, this slate of games is pretty piss poor just because of the teams that we have on by right now. We have Philly, Minnesota, Buffalo, and and the Rams. I I know a lot of teams. I know I have a lot of teams where I have some of these players stacked up on teams. So I know people are going to be scratching and calling, trying to piece together a starting lineup. But Uh, This is the last game that I think that's kind of intriguing is the Atlanta versus Cincinnati game, 47 and a half over under. Uh, I believe Atlanta is running the ball at the second highest rate in the league, about 60 percent, while Cincinnati runs the seventh most plays per game. And, you know, they're very pass heavy. Uh, Like I said at the beginning of the show, London is one of seven wide receivers that with the over 30 percent target share. But there's really no volume because they're running the ball hell of a lot. Uh, we know Casey Hayward just went on IR. Uh, AJ Terrell left left the game early in the second half for uh with the with a hammy. So it should be interesting to see him if he's gonna be ready to play. So I think this 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 game is definitely gonna be a game of contrasting styles and seeing if if Cincinnati can put enough points where it gets Atlanta out of this run run first offense and having them pass more because um is also tied with Zach Wilson in terms of the mo- the least amount of pass attempts the last two weeks at 39. So um, if we see them pass more, then hopefully we get to see the two, our two favorite darlings that everybody's been coveting in Lance and Pitts more work, but I mean, we will see. Um, but on the other side, I'm expecting some big things to happen on that, in the Bengals office, especially with what Higgins and chase because of the potential injury of both their starting corners. So I expect a lot of points on the Cincy side for sure. Which will lead to uh, once we talk about our last segment, uh, both predictions. So, uh, you have anything uh, that you're looking for in
1: this game? Um, not not particularly. Um, like you, you kind of you kind of laid it all out. I mean, is 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 this a sign of things to come for Kyle Pitts when he got in the end zone for the first time on American soil? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. His Crazy three, three, three catches for 19 yards doesn't seem like it's going to be, but. Um, you know, uh, I know, I know ATL's bread and butter is to run the ball. Cincinnati is 16th and rush DVOA for what it's worth. So they're middle of the pack. So they're not terrible, but they're not great either. So I, I, I guess you may you may see um, Atlanta struggle. We we really do need to see Atlanta in a negative game script. Um, yeah, and I, and I think I think Cincinnati's offense uh, due to the due to the reasons that you mentioned with, you know, Casey Hayward out and AJ Terrell dealing with a hamstring injury. I think those two outside receivers that they have, with Jamar Chase and, and T Higgins, can take advantage and 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 put you know the Falcons um in a hole early, forcing them the pass and forcing them to get out of that um you know that that run heavy approach. So yeah. that's that's one thing that I would probably look for is it's a potential negative game script from the from the Fal- on the Falcons end to see if they'll dial up more pass attempts, which hopefully means more usage for Kyle Pitts and more usage for Drake London. So we'll see.
0: So the last segment of the show: bold predictions. Last week, we saw both our both predictions you know, fall dead on their faces. I had Kyler at top three quarterback. Now, that wasn't even close, <laughs> um, which is interesting because this dude ran for 100 yards. You would think having that type of prediction on the ground would, would lead you to a higher finish, but it did not because he couldn't
1: throw for shit in terms of getting into the end zone. Two touchdown passes would have put him close, I would yeah. say.
0: Yeah, it would have been, been right close. there. And then, then you had... Rashad White, top 24 running back, and that was an, a, a no-go because –
1: Lord. That was awful. That was top. pathetic.
0: <laughs> yeah, they just – the game streak just didn't work in their favor. They didn't even come close to trying to blow out this team. They were struggling. Even though they ran the ball a lot more than I thought they would have. Uh, yeah. I think Uncle Lenny had like 24 carries or something, something ridiculous. So in
1: the 20s for sure.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we put our heads down and, and try to figure out – Figure out a new bold prediction for this week. Uh, for me, I have Jamar Chase will repeat as wide receiver one. Like I said, talking about Cincinnati, Atlanta, potentially having both their starting corners out, possibly be another get-right game for Joe Burrow on this offense. I know Higgins is just getting, getting a, a one-week-more healthier, even though we did see him with 11 targets this past week. So I, I still think that Jamar Chase would is going to be the guy in terms of exploding this coming week and then also Atlanta's given up almost 300 passing yards per game the last three weeks which is fifth most so that is why i am going with jamar chase's repeat wide receiver one this week
1: so my my bold prediction centers around aaron jones Um, i think he's going to finish the top five running back this week Um, for the reasons that we kind of talked about earlier i mean he's he's clearly the packers best player and you know the Aaron Rodgers did was on the Pat McAfee show as I mentioned earlier, saying, "Look, when you get this guy, you need to get this guy the ball, because a lot of good things happen when the guys, you know, when the ball's in his hands." And they're right. I mean, when when the pack when when Aaron Jones has the ball in his hands, it's like he he cooks, like shit happens. Right? He makes he makes shit happen. Um, so I think he's going to finish as the top five running back. And you know, again, like if the, if if Green Bay wants to be successful. You know, going forward, they're gonna have to put the ball in his hands a lot more than they are now. Like all this split backfield stuff, uh, AJ Dillon ain't it? Like they keep handing they keep handing him the ball out of shotgun, and he's not he's not lateral. You know, from from a, from a lateral quickness perspective, he's not nimble enough um, to to really be to to really be running out of shotgun. If you want to run AJ Dillon, you have to have at least a fullback behind him, or at least run him off tackle a little bit. But those shotgun carries that he gets, like, you just – you, you got to stop that. Like, you got to stop that because he's he's not quick enough or agile enough to really hit those holes like Aaron Jones can. So, um, your most explosive guy is Aaron Jones, and I think he's going to get more opportunities, uh, again, you know, at Washington this week. Uh, we just saw – we just saw the, uh, the, you know, the Bears run all over them this week uh, – this uh, last Thursday night. Obviously, Justin Fields, you know, inflated that a little bit, but David Montgomery had 60-plus yards. Uh, and and Khalil Herbert has 75 yards, so I think I think there's opportunity there for the for the for the Packers to get on track with their winning game, and that starts with Aaron Jones, top five running back in week seven.
0: Uh, I I like that because like I said, usually when they have these games where where people are pissed that Aaron Jones didn't get the ball and they lost, they the very next week they go right back to him and he explodes. So this, that's a very good call on that one for sure. Definitely need to look at the price pick lines for him once once it uh once they post them to see what that's what that's looking like. All right, so we are at the end of the show, man. It's another good show. Uh once again, you can follow our our official Twitter page at off the Line FF. We post our bold predictions and our our price pick props plays for the week there. And also from time to time, we we drop things here and there, just random stats, but usually we drop Drop funny things or or stats on our official on our personal Twitter handles at at fantasy jeans, G-E-N-E-S, that's mine. And then Ike's is at just underscore Icon9. nine. Uh, you got anything before we get up out of here?
1: Uh, so on price picks, on prize picks, I'm seeing now that Aaron Jones is rushing total, is rushing prop 55 and a half. I am mm. smashing the shit out of that. 55 and mm. a half. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I am definitely taking the over. No questions asked. Definitely can take
0: mm. me up on that. Versus Washington. I like that. Okay. Washington. And okay. Jamar
1: Chase, on your on your side, Jamar Chase is 77 and a half. So if you're if he you, if he's gonna stand in that uh repeat wide receiver one, he's gonna have more than 77 yards. This is very true. So, uh, <laughs> this is very true. So if you believe it, stand in
0: it. Hey, it sounds like we already got two players right now. So
1: well there it is. There you
0: uh, have it. Yep. Um and again, you know. Follow the the Destination Debbie page on, on Twitter. Follow our follow and subscribe to the newsletter we drop every Friday at 701. The All Gas newsletter. You can also find our Destination Debbie Patreon at patreon.com forward slash all gas.
1: Appreciate y'all tuning in. And uh, you know, hopefully you guys, you know, listen to the waiver wire show that hopefully you guys, you know, can start picking up some players and gear up towards week seven, because week seven it, or you know, week seven in, in terms of a buy, you know, in terms of bye weeks. Pretty brutal. Got a lot of marquee players: Buffalo Bills, Minnesota Vikings, uh, Los Angeles Rams, and Philadelphia Eagles. All have prominent players on their on, on those teams. So definitely need to look for uh, some you know some bye week uh, replacements. And uh, yeah, just you know, good luck to you guys in week seven.
0: All right, y'all. On that note, we'll haul at y'all next week. Hopefully, y'all can you know scratch away and, and find some players to fill those starter lineups and, and get some W. So until then, y'all be
1: safe. Peace.